transition into a part here because what you do and the specialty and what you do it is more than just singing, right? It's this, it's this finding and it's this embracing the voice, right? Helping us all understand and recognize the voice. And that's been a big push. And I love this. I love it so very much. So let me read you this real, real quick here, because I got it in front of me. There's no way I'd be able to memorize all this. So um, according to marketresearch.com, there are over 40,000 speaking coaches in the United States. That's not, that's speaking. That's not singing coaches. There's, um, that's unquantifiable, really how many singing coaches there are in the United States. So please help us. And you've alluded, you've alluded to this throughout the course of this our conversation, but help us understand why you wanted to be in the business of voice coaching and what type of voice coaching are you really wanting to specialize in? Well, I love, you know, I love voice coaching for the reasons we've discussed, because the voice is your calling card and finding your voice is a journey of finding yourself and the way you use your voice, the words you choose and the tone of your voice, the pitch, the rhythm, the pace, everything about it, the timbre of it, that determines whether people are going to hear your message or whether they're going to tune you out. And so many of my clients tell me over and over, I don't even like the sound of my voice, they say. <laughs> I'm afraid I'm going to forget what I'm going to say. I'm afraid that I, people won't like the way I look on camera. The camera is exceptionally intimidating to people. And so the reason that I want to do this is I want to help people become the best version of themselves and to feel empowered with their speaking or they're singing, whatever they're doing. I want them to feel like they know how to show up in front of people in an authentic, transparent, yet really skillful way. Mm -hmm. Because the other piece of this, Cameron, is that communication is getting shorter. People are really video fatigued. And what we have been through with the pandemic has really helped people get, you know, understand the power of showing up on video, but they're also fatigued and tired. And so when we do it, we need to do it in a laser concise way. And so people just don't automatically know how to do that. They need support in doing that. And it can oftentimes mean the difference between being considered for the next career advancement or just being completely passed over. And I want people to go for it. You know, I'm a performer, so I want to see people go for their dreams and and make the choices and show up powerfully so that they can be considered for the next career advancement. And to feel, especially women, need this. They need a seat at the table. And I'm okay. passionate about that. Okay, so now you've you've unboxed the box. So now let's di keep diving into it some more because I think it, what you're talking about, look, public speaking next to death is, is like the most scariest thing in the world ever, ever. Mm -hmm. And, and during that time, like you said, 2020 to 2021, right. We were working from home and people had to get on the camera. Mm -hmm. Well, it exposes it, the camera from home exposes, uh, um, to look into your life because yes. how you are at work and the way that you look, the persona you give off and mm -hmm. the look mm -hmm. and the feel and the hair, you start working from home by golly. You're like, uh, I mean, do I really need a shower till right now, or I'll just wait till four 
or <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been a few days. I probably should. How then how I'm someone who, let's say, you know, I'm looking to advance when you say advance in that promotion, mm-hmm. how do you help people who are like, well, if I ask for a promotion, they're to think I'm greedy. Or if I, I, I if I'm asked for a pay raise, they're going to think I don't, I'm not appreciative. How do you help someone with this right here, their voice? How do you help them be confident enough in saying, this is what you should do? And a simple little tweak can make all the difference. Huge. I know you and I have talked about how important messaging is, and the word choice is exceptionally important. And really what we're talking about is, first of all, understanding what your strengths are. And we've talked about that a lot. We, I use a lot of strengths finders with my clients. They have to ask. They have to come to the table with the confidence knowing what I'm asking is reasonable because I've got this. I know I know how to do this. I know this is my strength. I know I can crush this, right? Mm-hmm. So we have to understand, the client has to understand what are your strengths But beyond that, they have to learn how to speak to their listeners' realities. When you are putting together your messaging and how you're going to show up on a call or how you're going to walk into the office and what you're going to talk about, one of the very first things you need to do is you need to tune in to who's listening to me. What are their desires? What are their needs? What are their heartaches? What are their challenges? You have to pivot from... It's not all about me, I, me, mine thinking, as I mm-hmm. call it, but it's about how do I show up as a somebody that's here to serve and to help this person that's in front of me? So really working with the personal strengths, pivoting to being other-minded, inclusive in your messaging, and then building a speaker language bank is really important. That's something I do with deep dives with my clients, because you've got to have those key sound bites and phrases that you that come from your research. What are the people who are listening to me? What, what, what are the words that come out of their mouths? Hmm. How can I repeat what they're saying and then add my own messaging to that so that they know I have heard them? It's really public speaking becomes about just as much about being an active listener as it mm-hmm. does just adding in filler words and, you know, rambling on and talking about all these other things that have nothing to do with what the conversation is really about. Oh my gosh. Wow. That's powerful. Look the the 70, 30 rule, right? When you, when you meet somebody for the first time, or you really want to genuinely know what someone's their story, which is why I love doing this. I love stories. I love listening to people's story. The 70, 70% of the time you are asked, you ask questions and you listen. And then 30% of the time, you're not even trying to sell them or pitch them or do it. You're just trying to, you're reiterating what they've said. Uh, one of the tricks I, I do is because I have to say, I will say somebody's name five times when I first meet them. Hey, how yeah. are you? What is your name? Oh, that's a great. And your name is, yep. Oh, like, Hey, hi, Martha. Nice to meet you. Your name's Martha Perfect. Is that a family name? Where did Martha come from? And right. it's because for me, I know when I say someone's name five times, it's now I got it locked in, mm-hmm. right? Eventually I replace it with some kind of, you know, a nickname, but that's when I get to know them a little bit better. So I love what you said about the voice, that bank, the voice bank. I love that mm-hmm. because 
One thing that you, everybody can do, myself included, and I do, I still do this to this day after 20 plus years in the, in business and selling and, 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 and is I, if I'm doing something new that I'm unfamiliar with, I'll write it out. I'll stand in front of the mirror and I will look, use facial expressions, mm -hmm. sad, happy, scared, you know, just gloomy, doomy. And then I will change the influctuation in my voice. And then I would say to myself, would I buy anything from me? And if I'm like, ugh, I sound like crap today. All right, well, let's do some more of these exercises. It's amazing what you can do. And you're right. Because you can ask for a raise from your boss. Hey, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really, I'm really, I'm really good worker. And I bring a lot of value. And your boss is like, dude, you're not going anywhere. You all, you're not leaving me. Come on. Or you can be like, listen. Let me lay something out for you. And that just is, <laughs> that's fantastic. I love that. I love, I love that you focus so much on, on that point of helping again, we're going back to the voice. So give us, what are the top two to three reasons you would say specifically women? Cause you brought this up. Women struggle with finding the voice. You came from an era of no, you just go along with, you just come along with it. Right. And we're not, that's just where you come. But so now we're going to flip this, right. Cause young, you know, young seasoned veteran women to those women that are coming up in that next class. What are, give us some of those top through two to three reasons why generally women just struggling finding their voice. One of the top reasons why women struggle with finding their voice is that they are the guardians of relationships mm. and they don't want to say, do anything that's going to disrupt an important relationship to them. And so they don't want to outshine their male counterparts. They certainly don't want to outshine their boss or people that are above them because they care about that relationship. And they know that some men still need to feel like they have it all together because look, we do just as a big a disservice to men as we do to women. We teach them they have to be strong. They have to have all the answers. They have to win. They have to come out on top. It's not okay to be weak, right? So we're dealing with what the guys are feeling and the women feel timid because they don't want to upset the apple cart because they really care about the relationships. That's one of the top reasons women will not really say what needs to be said in a meeting. Ooh, that's deep. Uh -huh. That Now look, there's probably going to be a, a bunch of people that are going to listen to this and be like, no, beep, the, the uh -huh. like censorship's going to come up. But down to the core group, what you just said about the guardian of relationships, powerful, uh -huh. powerful. Look, I know there's a running joke. It's always, hey, a happy wife is a happy life. But there is true magic behind the, that understanding that, yes, we're built. Men are going bang on their chests and we just want to go and conquer the world, right? But yeah. there's something, I always revert back. I always see these, I'm going to go back to this, the high-performing athletes. All the athletes, uh, I want to thank my mom. Yeah, my mom, my mom, where's my mom? My mom, my mom, my mom. And they are the shapers of the next generation. Now, now they're in the, now they're huge, huge. I see all of these I, uh, uh, 
CEOs now that are becoming are women and they have a very great aspect. Actually, actually uh, Catherine Oaks talked a lot about this, about if you want to be more successful in your business, you need to have more women in your leadership. Talk to us about that. I would, I would love to hear your insight on companies that, that have heavy dominance of males and then companies that are really diversified. And what do you see the difference between the two? I think when you have a, a top-down leadership model where it's, it tends to be male-dominated and it's not really empowering the, the people, the, the workers, the employees, they don't feel empowered. They, it's just, this is how we do it. Everything flows from the top down. We're going to tell you what to do. We're going to tell you what to say. We're going to tell you how to say it, right? When you have a female-led corporation or business, it's much more about a conversation. And it's much more inclusive. Women are taught. I mean, look, it goes back to our ancestry. We're taught to be gatherers and conversationalists and to work collaboratively. Whereas the men, you know, they, they beat on their chest and they went out and they killed the food mm-hmm. and they brought it back home. They were sort of solo, solo hunters. Whereas women were the gatherers, the community the, we've talked about, it takes a village. You know, they were the raising the children, they were doing it together. And so the communication skills, it's a completely different leadership model when you have women leading. It's let's, how can we do this collaboratively and how can the silos within a company uh, come up with their own solutions instead of looking to management to always solve everything for them? It's a completely different culture. Ooh, man, you hit, okay. You hit on the, you said something very key and I just think people missed it. I want to say I would when you have when you have this communication right back and forth, you're not always looking to management to solve a problem. Right. Which oftentimes I've been a part of plenty of organizations, I've built companies, and it's well, what do we do, manager? What what do we do? Like you're the manager, tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. And as a manager or someone in leadership, you're like, no, I pay you to to figure out a solution. Right. But when you're, you're so right, when it's just command, command, command down, as opposed to conversation, we all agree, let's get this out to the masses so then they can empower themselves to go, here's the problem. I will, let's, I will be, I'm empowered to figure out a solution. Now guys, look, I know there's probably a lot of people who are going to turn this off and throw away, oh, this is stupid. I don't agree with any of that which is totally fine. This Martha is you, the background of Martha speaks for herself. She has been around high performers her entire life. Olympic athletes to singing, to music, like she understands. And what she is saying is, if you want to increase overall your company, make sure you're not heavy dominated by the male in leadership add female and you will blossom like you've never seen it before. That's what she's saying. That's the point that she is making. Fan freaking tastic. Yes. Holy cow. So important. I was just talking with a client on the phone the other day who has inherited a new team at her business. The team has been at this company for 15, 20 years now. They were top down led. They were micromanaged him. So they were micromanaged. They were told everything to do, everything to say, 
and how to do it. And she's coming in now and they literally, she doesn't manage that way. She's like, let's come to solutions together. I want you to think on your feet. I want you to be the best version of you, you to be empowered. And they are literally, you know, that, that manager who did that top-down leadership model for them really did these, this team a disservice because they can't solve their own problems now. And so they're bringing me in to help empower this team that has never been empowered before. <laughs> I've said this through this entire interview, but we could stop there, right? If you're looking at, if you're listening to this at work or on your way home, pull over, turn on the voice recording. And I want you, I want you to just give yourself two to three thoughts on how you can do that, how you can come together and, and find solutions and empower. That is the, that is such a powerful point. You're empower, we empower people. We empower professionals, men or women alike. Once you have a team that feels empowered, it, it, it blows up. I've seen that. I've done that. It's amazing. Un okay. Let me ask this question then. How are you able to break through then the self-destruction tendencies that we all fall under? How do you come in? How do you help men and women, or we can stick with women? How do you help them break through, break through the self-destruction tendencies? Give us one to two exercises that we can do, all of us can do to help mm -hmm. us push through that. The first step you need to do is start to take control of your breath because the breath reflects the emotional state. So you might notice when you're anxious that the breath comes a little faster. And what do we do when we're tired? <sighs> we sigh, right? So by paying it, but what's beautiful about this, the converse is true. By taking control of your breath, you can directly impact your own emotional state. So I'll give you a tool right now that we can practice right here together. You could do this while you're driving. You can do this at the office. You can do this before you turn on your camera. It's so fast and so easy and nobody needs to know you're doing it. So I call this double breathing with tension. This does come from Kriya Yoga, which I've been practicing, as I said, for over 20 years. It's a short, long breath through the nose. So let's just practice that together. We're gonna do a, and it's a short, long exhale through the mouth. That's great. Let's practice it again. Twice in through the nose, twice through the mouth, exhaling. Okay. We're going to add something to this. We're going to tense the body in a wave as we breathe in. And as we throw the breath out, we're going to relax. Here we go. Tense the body in a wave. Make fists here. Throw the breath out. Really relax. Let's do it twice more. Breathing in, tension in the body, throw the breath out, relax. One more time, breathing in, throw the breath out. How that was awesome. <laughs> it, 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 it reminded me when I look at my grandchildren and my own children, but probably because of my, my grandkids, you know, when they get tense, their little hands come right like this. 
But then when they relax, they go, and we can see the little hands. It put me back into that childlike state of remembering. I remember being afraid, but then I'm like, oh, it's going to be okay. Yeah. That it, is. It's such an easy tool. And the other thing about it is it actually relaxes the vocal mechanism, the false vocal folds, which are right here in the front of your throat, right behind that thyroid shield. So it relaxes the voice. So if you're on a call for hours and hours, or you need to talk and you've been talking all day long and you're vocally fatigued, but you still need to sound powerful, you can, you can reset not only your mind-body connection, but your voice connection with that breath. Oh, that's powerful. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, people pay her lots of money to get what she just gave you. I, done every day because I'm, I know what that's like, that, that fatigue when I'm on the phones, when I'm conferencing and talking all day long. I come home and it's like the last thing I want to do is talk. But the people who I need to talk to the most live within my four walls. The people who I can care really care less about, and they care less. It's the you know the, they just want do we are we selling or are we making money? Yep, exactly. That reset because I have a, I mean a ten minute commute, and doing that commute on the way home, I, I'm going to return a report when this comes out. I will let you guys know. I promise you, I will let you guys know what that has done to me. That's life changing. My wife will thank you. Everybody will thank you. I'm going to thank you. (laughs) That is so fantastic, guys. As we're wrapping up, we want to be so respectful of Martha's time. Um, You won't brag, but I'm going to brag here for a second, even though I've done that throughout this entire conversation. Look, here's, here's, here's what Martha brings. Not just being surrounded by top performers and athletes and being traveling the globe and singing, but listen, she was the main speaker at the women-led roadshow, right? Women tech. She's been on the panel for women tech speakers, which I think is fantastic. If you don't know what that is, go find it out. Main speaker at Fearless. And she was at the, uh, the NC Tech Summit. I could go on and on and on and on. But listen, people reach out to her because she knows what she's doing. When you have sung as long as she has, and you are a, you focus on the one thing, what I what makes me keeps a good living for my family is this voice. Mm. I mean, listen, she knows what <laughs> she is talking about. So please help us understand your business. Help us understand what it is you do and how people can, we'll have all the links, how they can reach out to you, but give us some insight on what you do and why you do and the business that you have. Well, I love to work with business professionals who need to, their client, they have either client-facing teams or they themselves are client-facing so that they can break through all the digital noise. They can use their voice more powerfully to do that, to increase sales and customer satisfaction. So we need to have those powerful voices. And I work in a variety of ways. I do group uh, mentorship programs. I do um, larger groups. I work with groups as large as 40 and as small as five. I, I love working in sort of in that smallish group. I've also presented to hundreds online as well as a speaker. So I can do that, but I really love coaching those smaller groups because I like seeing people improve and I love seeing people build messaging and being able to have time to practice it because mm. we need to get our mouths 
and our minds around what we're saying so that it's just, boom, you're never going to forget what you're going to say again. That takes a lot of practice in small group coaching. You can reach me uh, at marthagleasonvoice.com. There's all kinds of contact information there. You'll also find me on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. I'm going to be doing some LinkedIn lives in the near future, really bringing some um, content and some um, you know, thought leadership so that you can learn just from watching my lives. And um, I'll look forward to sharing that with you on LinkedIn as well. Awesome. Look, look guys, the breathing technique, you don't have to be in business. You don't need a business owner. Anybody can do the breathing technique, right? Anyone, anytime. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I want to ask this question because it, you, you said this earlier on in the conversation. I want to kind of come full circle again on this, but listen, um, you said something on your page and you, it's on your page. And if you haven't, uh, you guys will all go to that. Cause if you don't, you're crazy. You just need to run to the page. There's a quote on there. It says, turn exact, turn anxiety into a powerful tool. Now, listen, many, and I mean, many people struggle with anxiety. It is one of the most crippling things out there is anxiety. You know, old people to young people to, you know, kids, anxiety, what we went through in 2020, that whole removing the mask and oh, it won't be around that whole anxiety. So when you make a when you make a powerful and I mean a very powerful statement of turning anxiety into a powerful tool, give us one or two actionable processes that you help coach people through to remove the cripple and take back that power. The first thing you really need to do if you want to turn anxiety into a powerful performance tool is you need to develop a daily routine of taking control over the breath. You don't mm. have to become, you know, a meditator where you meditate for an hour every day, but you do need to do some type of breathing exercise. And it doesn't really matter what it is. I have several that I teach and you just learned the double breathing with tension. You can use that. I also teach an, um, a handful of other ones that you can use. What matters is that it works for you. So when you do it every single day, it's going to start a, a central nervous system response, you will calm down the central nervous system because your body is going to learn, oh, when I do this breath, I start to relax. And then the parasympathetic nervous system actually rises, which is something we find happens when we sing, when we exercise, when we have a really great feeling inside of us, we start to strengthen that parasympathetic parasympathetic nervous system. So you really have to go after the breath. The other thing I would encourage you to do is to start to work with positive intentions and affirmations every single day. That is very, very important. I write them on my day timer. I have them on my desk and it has to be a set of words. Affirmations are a powerful set of words that affirm something you want to see happening, even if it's not happening yet. And it's always in the affirmative. Instead of saying, I'm not anxious, you can't really tell. Your brain is not going to listen to that. But you can say, I am calm. I am poised. Even if you don't feel that way, your brain will start to chew on those words. We're really talking about training the brain. And you can start to practice writing a few affirmations and using them every day. And there's a very specific way I teach of how to use those. 
-hmm. those two tools, getting a breathing routine and starting to use positive intentions, affirmations are really foundational to turning anxiety into a powerful performance tool because you're not going to ever, you know, it's not that you're not going to feel afraid again. We Mm -hmm. all feel afraid. We absolutely do. I, I had a recent experience where I was going to visit my brother. Cameron knows that my brother fell sick very unexpectedly. And this is one of those champion brothers who's, you know, a star athlete, the last person in the world I thought would get sick, got sick. And I flew across the country to the West Coast and I walked into the ICU, which first of all is like going into an armed war bunker. You have to get buzzed in. They open these big, scary metal doors. There's no chairs for anybody to sit. There's a ton of medical equipment everywhere. And I could feel my heart rate go up. I'm like, this is frightening for me to see my strong, powerful brother on full life support in a life and death situation, right? I immediately knew I was feeling afraid and I went into my breathing tools. I went into my positive attentions because I thought, I want to show up for him. And I did. It worked. And I was able to go into that room and say to him, you're going to be okay. You're a champion. You can do this. Keep going. And I could only show up for him that way because I was using those tools. Right. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. I think I just would have fallen apart. Oh my gosh. Uh, do we, ha- we, we, do we have to stop? I mean, I, we could go on forever. I could flip this thing live. Look guys, here's, I'm going to, she won't say this, but uh, well, before I make this statement, I'm going to, I would say before I wrap this up, I want to make this statement. I, when I started, when I started this, this podcast and when I started bringing on the arch, the archeological study of you, right? The reason, the reason I, I named it that way is because it really is people that are finding they've st- like an archaeologist they're uncovering and they're peeling back and the layers and the layers and then they find themselves yes. look martha is telling you guys how to breathe because when she was younger it's all come full circle she has now realized i've been in this space before it's not scary because she knows what anxiety is like she's no from divorce the trauma a mother uh, you know a parent that was you know, sick mentally and emotionally, right? Now she develops this breathing technique. And when those things and those, when she's in those spaces and she remembers those feelings because you can't always remember them. I I always tell people, you never forget the experience because when you, when you can recognize it and say, I know this is going to happen. I'm going to get through it because I know I've already been through it. You're right. Right. You're you're not fighting it. You're not suppressing that emotion. You're like, okay, this is, it's, my brain is trying to tell me, you know, it's trying to bring me down. I've been here before. I'm going to get through this. I get through it. Now, Martha layers in the breathing. When I started this, I wanted, one of the big things I wanted was to find somebody who has been through a traumatic experience. Everybody has that can help people, you know, get through those experiences, right? Most people have, but how to connect with the women on the, on this side and how to find that voice. And mm-hmm. we had our conversation before this was in 2021. When we first started talking, it was in 2021. We had our first conversation there. We didn't talk for probably eight, maybe, well, probably, probably six, seven months. Then we reconnected. And now here we are. I 
put it, you want to talk about affirmations. I do the I am statements every morning. I am this, I am right. Every morning I have to, I've I've developed it over the years, but I kept telling myself, I want to find somebody who meets this, this, and this. And guess what? I found somebody who meets this, this, and this for me. So let me tell you guys, I can speak from personal experience. Affirmations work. You cast it out into the universe. It'll bring it back to you. You get on your hands and knees. You pray to God. You ask God. God will, God will answer your prayers. Whatever, whatever spiritual way you have it, right? But being able to find the space in that zone and, and just live within that zone mm-hmm. is unbelievable. This has been another fantastic episode, which I cannot wait for people to come out. They're going to freak out when they see this and listen to it. It's going to be amazing. So thank uh, you for having me, Cameron. You're welcome. So this has been the best podcast I've ever been on. (laughs) I've been on a bunch of them. This has by far exceeded my expectations in terms of the messaging that you're bringing to your listeners and to your people, because what you're doing is you're really bringing what they need. Mm. And We've all been traumatized. Yes. We have been through a world crisis. We are now on the brink, or many say in another world crisis with the war between Russia and Ukraine. We're in it. We are absolutely in it. And so what you bring with the people that you're bringing on here and your own messaging is invaluable, especially right now. Oh, thank you. For thank you. A hundred percent. Thank you so much. Before I let you go, Five books. I do say, I ask everybody this, give us five books that you would recommend someone to read any, you know, personal development, business development, spiritual, whatever it may be, five books that you would recommend. Number one book, Autobiography of a Yogi by Yogananda, Paramahansa Yogananda. This has been in print for 70 years in 50 different languages all over the world. If you want to talk about mindset, you want to talk about mind body training, you want to talk about harnessing the power within you. This is the one to read. I also love, this was fun picking all these out. This is a great (laughs) book called Affirmations for Self-Healing by Swami Kriyananda. Exactly what Cameron was just talking about. Affirmations are so powerful. What I like about this book is it's by category. Affirmations for success, affirmations for more energy, affirmations for um, more confidence. It's, it's got categories in it, which is super handy. I love this book as well. Flow Learning by a good friend of mine, Joseph Barat Cornell, is about connecting to your higher self and into the power of the universe through nature, through spending time mm. outside and really going into a deeper experience with nature. This is a wonderful book. I also love this book, Leading Women. So for our women listeners out here, Women Who Lead, this is a compilation of many of the top female leadership out there right now and in previous times, what they did to break through the gender barrier and to become more empowered within themselves. Love this as well. Um, The first three I showed you, you can get at crystalclarity.com. It's a publishing house and we'll have all three of those books on there. Uh, the Women Who Lead, I think I got at FedEx, believe it or not, in their book section. And mm. then I also really recommend Michelle Obama's book, Becoming, mm. a beautiful book for women's empowerment, particularly her as a woman of color, how she has made her way um, into the, the mentoring and powerful role she's in now. 
I don't even want it to end. It's so sad. We've got to let this end, but we've got to respect your time. The clients, this is going to be, look, people are going to play this one. All of my episodes are fantastic. This episode is going to just, people are going to rewind this multiple times and listen to it. Because if you want, if you want to know from somebody who has walked through the fire and come out on top through the accomplishments and is a servant leader and is so focused on helping people find their voice, because when you find your voice, you find your space. And when you find your space, you find what you're truly called for. And that's what's beauty is Martha helps you find what your true calling is. Your true passion is go inspire the world. Martha, thank you so much for being on this, uh, uh, this show, this podcast, this uh, master training. Guys, please like, share, find somebody who needs to hear this through trauma, through healing, through pushing through those barriers. Please share this. It's one of the, it's a huge growing show. It's very fast. We're in multiple countries now. We're all over the world. We're fantastic. It's going to be amazing. Thank you so much for being on the show, guys. Thank you so much again. This has been a, a fantastic, and I mean a fantastic episode of the Arch Study of You. We will see you on the next show. Thank you so much. Thank you, Cameron. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye.